0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Wonderful Women of Golf. I'm Rick Wolfel. Jessica Lenahan has worked in the turf industry since she was in high school. First at the Coeur Idaho Resort, where her father oversaw outside operations, and then at Hayden Lake Country Club in Hayden Lake, Idaho, where she spent nine years as an assistant superintendent. Recently, Lenahan made a career change taking a position with Green Valley Turf in Platteville, Colorado, where she tends to bend grass. She has never wanted to assume a head superintendent's position, a stance that makes her unique in the turf industry. Or does it? In this edition of Wonderful Women of Golf, Lenahan explains why being a head superintendent is not a career goal of hers. Her comments are, to say the least, thought-provoking. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Jessica, welcome to Wonderful Women of Golf. It's a pleasure to have you with us. We know you're very busy as all you and your peers are, and we appreciate your taking the time to join us.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here.
0: You recently started a new position at Green Valley Turf in Plattsville, Colorado. They also have a location in Littleton, Colorado, and you're just getting settled in as we're starting this podcast, but what are your responsibilities there?
1: Well, the main reason they kind of brought somebody in from golf is that they're expanding their bent grass from 10 acres up to 50. And the guys that currently run everything over here um, came from sports turf. And so they're, they're really knowledgeable in the blue, but they don't really have a strong bent background. And so they wanted someone from golf to come in and kind of help take care of all that stuff.
0: That would seem to be a position you're ideally suited for. Let's get into <laughs> your journey through. The turf industry, it's kind of a cliche, but in your case, it's true. You really did grow up in and around the turf industry.
1: So my dad was the director of guest services at the Coeur Resort Golf Course, so he took care of the caddy program and kind of ran their outdoor operations there. Um, And when I was 15, it was, hey, you should probably get a summer job, but you're definitely not working for me, so maybe go call up Kevin Hicks in maintenance, and uh, maybe he'll take pity on you. (laughs) So I ended up starting in the... Flowers. They plant 11,000 geraniums every year, so I did bunkers and flowers for the first couple of years that I was there, um, and I ended up being at the resort for seven years before I went over to Hayden Lake Country Club and was an assistant there for 10 years.
0: What was it that gave you a passion for it? Was it your father's influence sometimes that is a positive? Sometimes kids just want to get far away from what their, their father did, so where did your passion c- come from?
1: Uh, I really have always enjoyed working outside, and that was just kind of the biggest thing was uh it's really nice i, I mean from quarterly, Idaho and so being able to spend your entire summer outdoors and you know enjoying the weather was probably my favorite part but um, as far as the golf side of it goes i don't, I'm not really even a golfer like I play industry events but uh i i it's that personal satisfaction I suppose that comes with the end product once you get you know, a section sodded or shaping a bunker and you see how perfect it all can be. It's like, okay, like this is good. It's just like kind of that self-motivation, I would say, that made me really love it.
0: What was it that made you decide, hey, I really want to make a career out of this, once you saw the options that were there?
1: Well, honestly, it was never something, um, I didn't even know that a golf course superintendent was a career when I was in high school. And it was just something where I had had done it for so many years. And it was like, you know, I really love this and I don't see myself not loving this anymore, so I should probably just go to school for it. And so I ended up doing Penn State's four-year bachelor of turfgrass science while I was working full-time. So it was a lot on my plate, but I'm glad I knocked that out.
0: Let's talk about that. Your time at Hayden Lake, you had uh, 10 years there as an assistant. And we're also earning your degree at Penn State. You're making it sound much easier than it actually was. How do you manage to balance your time? Because between the long hours that everyone works in this profession and being able to focus on your schoolwork when you had to do it?
1: Um, I would say that kind of came from working for the right person. Jeremiah Farmer was my superintendent there. And he kind of approached things in a way of, you know, we work our, we work our day, you know, our eight, 10 hours and it'll be there tomorrow. Like there's no, it's unless we're working on something specific that it's, it's just grass. And so we had a really good, like work home balance, uh, that I really appreciated that a lot of people do not get in this industry. And so that was a big reason for staying there as long as I did is I really enjoyed the, enjoyed that I had some free time.
0: <laughs> what was the most satisfying part of that position for you over the course of the decade you were there?
1: Oh, uh, I would say just knowing how much I have grown as a, as a manager of turf and people um, I've been doing a lot of the, um, the Excel program through GCSAA and new farm and like green start Academy and different things like that, where I can just kind of learn about, you know, different personality types. Cause that's something that they really don't teach you in, in turf school. I mean, you learn all the agronomics, but when it comes down to managing people, like honestly, that was probably my least favorite part. And so over the last 10 years, like seeing how much I grew into that position and was able to, you know, take care of the staff and make sure that things were running smoothly was a really satisfying thing to see.
0: How big was the staff at Hidden Lake?
1: Uh, we ran about 18 people during the during the year. Um, this last couple of years has been a little tougher to get a full, full crew. Um, just because nobody really wants to get up early and work on a golf course anymore.
0: (laughs) With that said, and a lot of you are working long hours, what was the adjustment like when you were short staffed in terms of juggling schedules, juggling what had to be done versus what you would like to get done?
1: Yeah. I mean, things just got pushed to the side that just, we just really didn't have the people for. We, we're pretty flexible schedule wise with people. So it's like, you know, if you could only do whatever certain days of the week and do half time or come in and help us out on a Saturday and like early on Wednesday and Friday, it's like, we were pretty flexible with our schedules just to be able to like, whatever, whatever people can do, like we're happy to accommodate. And so we'll just try to get done what we can, but there's definitely things that got pushed to the side. Just just, just not have the staff for it.
0: In terms of the responsibilities you were given How important is it if you are trying to grow in the profession for the head superintendent to give you and other assistants real legitimate responsibilities rather than simply carrying out his instructions? In other words, encouraging you to to think for yourself and make decisions for yourself.
1: Right. And that was something that I had learned a long time ago is like, if you, if there's something you want to learn and you ask your superintendent for that, and they don't give you that, then you need to be working for somebody else. And so that was really a great thing about Jeremiah. Like, I didn't, when I first started, I didn't know squat about our finances. And so I just kind of asked him, like, hey, can I do the invoices every month so I know, you know, where our money and that's going and be able to see the budget stuff. And he was more than willing to help me out with that. And so it's just kind of a matter of, you just, you have to be working for the right person. If anyone, if you're working for somebody that doesn't want to teach you those things, then is probably trying to find a new position, for sure.
0: With all that and with all the satisfaction that you had, uh, you felt that you did not want to be a head superintendent, and you are not the first person that has told me that. Golf Course Industry did a profile uh, with Anthony Chapman, who is the head superintendent at Anjoey in New York State. His club hosts the... Dick Sporting Goods open every year, the Champions Tour event. And I remember him telling me that when he was offered the head superintendent's position, he wasn't sure he wanted to take it for a variety of reasons. Eventually he did, and things have worked out well for him in the years since. But where I'd like to start this portion of our conversation from, Jessica, is have you relate why being a head superintendent was not the ultimate career goal for you
1: uh honestly the whole like having everything kind of fall down on you just really wasn't something that ever thrilled me and jeremiah he had come up um kind of in a he was an assistant for 16 years at hillcrest down in boise and so he kind of worked his way up in the industry in an unconventional way as well And he had told me a long time ago, he's like, you know, the least favorite part of my job now is all the bull you have to deal with. I mean, your Greens Committee meetings, your phone calls with vendors. Like, he spent so much more time in the office when what you really love doing is being out on the golf course. And so that was just an adjustment that I really just did not feel like I was wanting to make or had any desire to make because i'm i've been approached several times over the years for different sales positions and the same thing is like i'm just i can't i can't give up the golf course i can't give up those 5 a.m sunrises and just i don't know having all that all that fall on your shoulders was just something that i i had the ability to turn it off as an assistant when i go home i don't think that as as the head guy in charge you can do that
0: that said the culture in the industry from what i have observed and you would know better is that every assistant should want to be a head superintendent. You see things online, you see things posted uh, in social media about how satisfied people are when they become head superintendents, how much they want to be a head superintendent, etc. I don't think those sentiments are unfamiliar to anybody who's listening to this podcast right now. But do you feel... Or do assistants feel a certain pressure that you should want to be a head superintendent?
1: I think so. I mean, if you're not at the top, then you're not, it's like the Ricky Bobby quote from Talladega Nights or whatever. It's like, if you're not first, you're last. It's like, it's that kind of thing where it's like, if you're not the head guy, then you're somehow failing at your career. And what i tried to do as like, as an assistant for so long is be as involved in the industry as I can, I mean, I was a grassroots ambassador. Um, on the board of directors for our Inland Empire Golf Course Association, uh, speaking at the golf show and at our local events, and so I just try to stay as involved as I can in the industry from my spot. But I I feel like if you if you find yourself in a good position where you're working for the right club, you're working for the right people, you've got a good good like synergy with your staff, then I I mean I don't see that there, that has to be some kind of like career failure. Or that you're not, you know, living up to your potential when it's like, well, no, I found a spot where like, I'm really, I'm very successful and I enjoy it. It's like, why would I, why would I want to give that up?
0: That's not a position that is unfamiliar to a lot of assistants, I'm sure. But there are situations where the head superintendent has the mindset, well, we'd like to get our assistants here two, three, four years or whatever, and then have them move on, hopefully to a head superintendent's position, this, that. And the other thing, is that something that, or a culture that you would, a mindset part of maybe you'd like to see change?
1: Uh, I think it depends on the club, really. I mean, there are some places where, you know, you can go in for a few years and you can learn a lot, but it it might, it might be just you, you kind of extend yourself in that spot and you don't feel like you're really challenged anymore and so it is time to move on and so I really think it varies by property but I I just always have hated all the all the material that's out there with assistance is just kind of like pushing you into that next role and it's like well maybe this role is like good and I like it here and that's actually at the golf show this year where me and three other assistants who have been had been assistants for 10 plus years are just kind of talking about that that you know what it doesn't have to be a failure and like this is what we do to you know be part of the industry and be involved and that we're not you know we don't feel like we're missing out on something by not being that head person and it's different for everybody i mean a lot of people that is their goal and that's great like more power to them but that's definitely not ours so
0: from what i understand you're going to be giving a talk on that uh, at the superintendent show early next year
1: mm-hmm. yep uh wednesday at four thirty, i think So it should be, it'll be a good uh, little talk for any other assistants that want to come check it out and realize that maybe it's okay to be in your spot.
0: (laughs) The other part of this, and you spoke to this uh, a little while ago, if you're the head superintendent, there are so many things that you have to deal with that are taking place in the office and not on the golf course, whether you're dealing with governmental regulations whether you're dealing with requests or concerns from the membership in general or the greens chair or whoever it could be anything so much of that takes you off the golf course and I know golf professionals often find themselves head professionals find themselves in the same situation where they can't teach for instance or they don't have a chance to play in their local PGA section events, because they have so much administrative stuff to take care of.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's 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 always the worst part. I mean, the paperwork and like, having to, having to deal with people, frankly, like all that extra stuff that comes on there, it's just like, okay, no, like I'd rather just go mow greens today. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, being able to have the freedom of that is, uh, is pretty nice.
0: Let's go in a different direction. You were part of the crew of female volunteers that worked the U.S. Okay. Women's Open at the Olympic <laughs> Club last spring. And from talking to a couple of people who were there and talking to a couple who wished they had been there, it sounds like it was an incredible experience. How did you get yourself oh, into that mix?
1: Um, so Kimberly Gard from Syngenta, she had actually given me a call. Um, she was given my name from our, our Pacific Northwest Syngenta rep, because she was just kind of gathering up women in the area that were actually able to go. Cause I know there's quite a few more superintendents and assistants up in Canada, but because of COVID, they weren't able to come down. And so she'd asked me about going. And I was just like, yeah, like I try to volunteer for a tournament or two every year. It's, I feel like it's a really great networking opportunity and a really good chance to, put yourself out there in the industry. And so when she called and asked me about it, it was like, yeah, of course, that sounds great. I've always kind of hated the whole women in women in the turf thing, um, like making it a thing because I just kind of of the opinion that I just kind of want to go to work and do my job and I don't necessarily feel like it needs to be a big deal. But this was like a totally eye-opening, I don't know, it was a crazy bonding experience that I just did not really expect and definitely created some lifelong friends from a week of just being able to hang out and share your your experiences in the industry with other women that do the same thing that we do. I feel like uh, at the golf show and that, that, a lot of people, like a lot of the women that are there will be in the academia or um, like sales reps and they don't actually work on the golf course or work in the sports fields. And so it was really great to have that many people there that do this every day.
0: What responsibilities did you have on the golf course over the course of the week?
1: Um, so in the morning time, I mowed the step cut around the greens uh, with a twenty one inch rotary mower, and then in the afternoons, our jobs kind of changed depending on what the course needed. Um, some days we were trimming heads, some days we were hand watering, some days we were filling divots. Just kind of, uh, just kind of changed. But the uh, the weather at the Olympic Club was the craziest thing I think I've ever seen in my life, just because of the way that this. Uh, fog socks in there. I mean, sure, it didn't take much? And the poa starts Wilton at like 70 degrees with a little bit of sun. It's like, this is insane.
0: <laughs> in terms of having that opportunity to network with other women formally <laughs> and informally, what does something like that do in terms of showing other people, men or women who are thinking about getting into the turf field the opportunities that are there
1: that see and that was a really great part is that it was so highly publicized and I know uh, myself and uh, Lauren Lasoka from uh, Bel Air Country Club we did a little video with USGA just kind of talking about our experience in that there and that ended up going out to all the members of USGA in their email and so it's just a good chance to you know show people that this is a viable career for women. It's just, you have to kind of know that it exists because it was interesting talking to everybody that was there. And most people did just kind of fall into the industry. They never, you know, no little five-year-old girls like, yeah, I'm going to be a golf course superintendent or I'm going to be a sports field manager. It's just, it's not something that is very common. And so just getting out there that, Hey, like you can do this. And it is, it is a great experience and it is a great career option for anybody
0: what needs to be done to make more people aware that this is a career option because as you know your field has a difficult time finding people that want to go into it thinking high school age students that maybe want to think about turf management as a major in college or whether they want to go into it after college maybe they've tried another career and decided they would want to work outside instead So what steps would you like to see happen that make people more aware of the opportunities that are there and actually recruiting people to go into it?
1: I think the biggest thing right now is the first green program because that gets kids from, you know, elementary school all the way up to high school, just depending on what group does a field trip there. But it just it makes them aware they get to do all these fun experiments on the golf course and they get to see what you could do every day. I know Jeff, Jeff Gullickson, he's one of the founders of the first green program. Actually, he's the superintendent up in the Spokane area. And uh, when they started it, gosh, it was in the early nineties. Just, you know, you got to get them young. Like you've got to get them young. Let them know that, Hey, this is something that you can do. They do high school golf teams too, which is a good, good kind of thing. Like, Hey, come work out on the golf course in the summertime. You can go play golf for free and uh, maybe, learn how to mow green. And so it just kind of given people those opportunities that, hey, this is, this is possible.
0: What has been the most satisfying part of this journey for you? Oh gosh.
1: Um, like I said, I would have to say seeing myself grow and change over the last 15 years. I mean, I've, uh, The first time I mowed fairways, I mean, I got a fairway mower high centered inside of a bunker, and it was a complete disaster. To bring the loader to come get it off the golf course, and just terrible. But being able to, you know, look back at those mistakes and see how I messed up and how I can improve from there, and just you know, see those conditions being played every year on the course, and just seeing things get better and better, and having our staff that have been there for a long time really appreciate that I've been around to kind of, you know, keep things moving in in our facility was just great. It was just a a lot of personal satisfaction from the, from the job. That's for sure.
0: And what message would you give to say somebody who's 14, 15, 16 years old that may be thinking about the turf as a career?
1: I would say you just got to come try it out. This isn't one of those things that you can just uh, like sign up for as a major and just go for it. I don't feel like it's like you, if you do this, you got to love it. Because I mean, there's gonna be some some terrible days. There's gonna be some times where you just are like, why, why, why did I sign up for this? But you just uh, you gotta you gotta experience it, I think. And it's it's just a little bit of you know just getting out there and realizing that, that you can do this is uh, is the biggest thing.
0: All right, Jessica, we thank you for spending some time with us. We thank you and all your peers for what they do for the game, and as I say, for those of us who are trying to play it and for all of you who have helped us out uh, getting this podcast series started it has really been appreciated
1: of course i'm glad to be here
0: jessica lenahan our guest on this edition of wonderful women of golf my name is rick Wolfel. we thank all of you for joining us and invite you to join us next time